And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. Let's get elevated. This is your host, Heather Steppe with KC Hemp Company, bringing you all things cannabis to the hustle. I am so honored and excited to welcome our next guest from, well... I'll let you know after I let you know who's sponsoring our episode. Today's episode of Startup Puzzle is sponsored by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Without further ado, I would love to introduce you to the senior editor at Leafly, creator and producer and host at the Roll Up Podcast, Bruce Barcott. Bruce, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great. Thank you, Heather. It's really a pleasure to, uh, to join you and have a chat today. I, I am I am so honored and thrilled to have you here on our cannabis series for the Startup Hustle. Um, you know, one of the things that I found about cannabis is there is a plethora of information out there. Some of it always isn't right. Some of it is right. Some of it can't be found. Uh, you know, Leafly really does solve a problem for people who are looking for information or kind of looking to to get more and learn more into the cannabis industry. But before we get too deep into what you're doing over there at Leafly, and if you haven't heard about Leafly, do yourselves a favor now, go check them out, leafly.com. Uh, but before we get into that, Bruce, can you give me a little bit about your backstory? You know, what have you done before? What brought you into cannabis and what keeps you sticking around? Sure, sure. It's a it's a long winding road uh, from to to to, uh, to bring me to cannabis. Uh, I actually I come from a very traditional journalism background. I was uh, kind of brought up in the '80s and '90s. I worked for daily newspapers. I worked for weekly newspapers. I worked for monthly national magazines. Uh, and most of my career, I spent. I started out at an alt weekly in Seattle, and I. Worked then for Outside Magazine for about 10 years. I was an environmental reporter and I worked on uh, uh, sort of outdoor adventure feature articles on expeditions and mountaineers and pro skiers and this sort of thing. And then I sort of transitioned. Uh, I, I sort of chased that environmental journalism angle and transitioned and worked for uh, a number of magazines, National Geographic. I did a number of pieces for the New York Times mm. Magazine and, nice. and other places over the years. And I, I wrote a few books along the way, uh, one about Mount Rainier, another about uh, Scarlet Macaws in Central America. And then in 2012, my home state, Washington, decided to legalize cannabis for all adults. And this was a bit of a shock to me. Like cannabis was never my my thing. Um, mm -hmm. I had I had you know enjoyed it a little bit in college, but it, it just wasn't wasn't my uh, my substance of choice. And in 2012, when we voted on it, I was really on the fence. I was unsure about what this meant. I had I had two kids who were just becoming teenagers at the time, mm -hmm. and I ultimately, as I as I have said many times, I held my nose and I voted yes, and I hoped for the best. <laughs> and then the writer kick in me kicked in, and I thought, wait a minute, this is like a historic global project we're trying here. And I started taking notes. 
uh, and those notes turned into a book about the history of legalization and then how legalization actually happened and was rolling out in both Colorado and Washington State. Uh, the book's called Weed the People. Um, yeah. And it did, it did really well. It turned into a, a Time Magazine special issue that was on the stands everywhere. And and when, after that came out, I wanted to continue writing about cannabis. I found it so fascinating. I mean, because both it was a, a, a real reverse course in history. And yeah. as a journalism, I felt really privileged to to be there and to, to cover it. But also it was just... it covered economics, it covered politics, it covered medicine, it covered science, it covered yeah, botany, it covered absolutely. all of these areas. And at the time, this is 2015, there weren't a lot of mainstream outlets that were willing to actually cover cannabis or take on. I, I remember one national magazine, uh, very well known, and I, I talked to the, their editor about this after a while, and he said, you know, those are great story ideas, and I, I agree with you, but we ran a story on pot last year, and the editor-in-chief just isn't going to consider another one for another year or two. Wow. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> really? Total missed so, opportunity there. No, I know. And so at about that time, I had, um, in my book, I had written about uh, Privateer Holdings, which was the company that was the parent company of Leafly, and Leafly had just sort of started up its, its content section at the time, and I thought, hey, you know what? If I want to cover cannabis full time, this might be a great opportunity. Uh, so I started talking with the folks at Leafly. They agreed uh, to hire me. And we've kind of gone on from there. We started when I when I came on, it was a nice little um, uh, blog. And we have taken it from there over the course of, of six years. And I've got to give credit to uh, to uh, uh, a woman named Rebecca Kelly, who is really the founding editor of Leafly Content. Um, and she's she, along with our team, have, have grown it into really one of the most trusted sources for not just cannabis news, but cannabis information for yeah. people who need to know accurate data and information about cannabis. Absolutely. And I mean, God, I've used Leafly. I don't even know how many times it's bookmarked in my phone and on my computer. And I think that rings true for anybody in this industry, whether you're a business owner or you're a patient, you know, coming to learn information. I mean, Leafly really is the go-to resource for cannabis information. And for those of you who don't know what Leafly is, that's exactly what it is. It's a cannabis information resource and technology company. I They have more than 13,000, or I'm sorry, excuse me, 13 million monthly visitors, uh, I mean, coming to find information. And give us a little bit of a rundown on the type of information. You know, you talked about the history a little bit, and you talked about information regarding cannabis, but what other types of information? I mean, you guys offer, you know, different strain breakdowns. You offer newsworthy information, things yeah. that are happening on a national level. So yeah. break down a little bit what, what other types of stuff your guys are offering. Yeah, well, our, one of the, the things we're most famous for is our strain database. We have the world's largest database of cannabis strains, and it's we continue to add to it every day. Um, and so people often come to us for that. Actually, I was just using it myself last night. I <laughs> made a purchase, and I was like, oh, what this, what's this strain all about? That's awesome. Um, but, then, but then we have... Um, we have a number of different, uh, not necessarily verticals, but you know, areas of, of, of focus. Um, one area that's really come in, become popular over the last couple of years is just simply information about growing your own cannabis. Mm. Um, in a lot of states, you know, once legalization happens, uh, you're able to grow maybe six plants at home. And people are curious, like, okay, well, what if, if I put a seed in the ground or a, or a clone in some dirt, what happens? How do I make sure it doesn't die like all the all the houseplants in my apartment, you know? 
Um, and, and, and there's a lot to learn about growing weed. I mean, it's called weed for a reason. It's like it grows like a weed. But if you really want to grow good cannabis, there's a lot that goes into oh, it. Yeah. And so that's one area. You know, we have a lot of uh, uh, information about um, uh, medical conditions that are, are, are helped by, by medical marijuana. A lot of folks come to us for that because they really can't find that information anywhere else. Um, with any degree of, of real accuracy. There's mm-hmm. no, I mean, WebMD doesn't cover it. Um, right. And the, the other sources that are that tend to write about conditions and, and cannabis, they tend to be very vague um, or they're written for people who are using it recreationally. Yeah. Um, and so like dosing is really important for medical patients. Yeah. Another area is just, we have, we have investigative reports. You know, our five years ago, we found that nobody was keeping track of how many jobs were in the legal cannabis industry. So we said, well, why don't we try to find out? And over the years, that has come, become one of our foundational reports. We bring it out every February. You know, last, uh, last time we checked, let me see, uh, 321,000 full-time jobs in the legal wow. cannabis industry in the United wow. States. Yeah. That's incredible. I mean, what, what an awesome, you know, just like you said, what an awesome opportunity to really kind of be in the middle of all of this as it's happening. Uh, you know, you're, you're talking about the formation of a brand new industry or, or an industry that's now being brought into light. Let's right, put it that way. Right. The industry yeah. has not yeah. gone anywhere since prohibition. It's just growing. Yeah. Um, that's really funny that you talk about, you know, people, especially more recently looking to learn how to grow their own plants because, uh, yeah, home grow. That's a huge topic of debate. And, you know, here in Kansas, we're one of the last three states to not mm-hmm. have anything on the books. It is, oh, it's so hard. We're working hard, but it's it's a struggle. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's a very hot button topic here. Um, and, and yeah, you know, yeah. what I always say, too, is there's just as much therapy in growing the plant as there is in consuming the plant. And oh, I yeah. think people are learning that and they're finding that out. We saw that, especially last year during the, you know, the first year of the pandemic, oh, I know yeah. I was just like, oh my God, I am gardening my brains out because, <laughs> you know, it's something to do, right. it's safe, and uh, it, it is, it, it truly is therapy. And also, you know, we, we find a, a huge amount of interest, especially in newer states, like right now, Virginia. So mm. Virginia legalized recently, but there are no legal stores. There won't be legal stores for at least another year or so, but it's legal to grow your own. Hmm. So Virginians are now like, oh, hey, wait a minute. It's legal to grow my own and possess and consume for all adults. So how do I do it? How it's, it's easy to think about, but how, okay. So how do I find a seed? How do right. I find seeds in a state like Virginia? Where do right. I go? Is it legal to buy a seed? You know, and that's right. where Leafly comes in. Um, yeah. Cause we, I mean, one of the things that I used to talk about with a couple of other editors is that when we would see reports from other media outlets on cannabis that were just absolutely just laughably false they were just like so uninformed and i said like this is this is this is our paycheck being reinforced when we Mm -hmm. we read these articles like our market advantage is we actually give a damn about the accuracy of the information and the clarity of the information we're providing to our readers yeah so let me ask you about that because um you know, as a, we, my husband and I own Casey Hemp Company. We are a CBD manufacturer and processor here in Kansas City. Absolutely looking to get into the legal cannabis market once it becomes available. Um, but one of the things about information is we're very restricted on what we can say and how we can say it 
because of the supplement type of product that we create. So, you know, I know Leafly isn't making products and selling them, but you guys do have links to sold products on your pages and you, I mean, you have like an entire shop section on your website, Mm -hmm. correct? Yes. So, so how do you guys, I mean, cause the, like I said, the information that comes out of Leafly is top tier. So how, how do you kind of get around that, you know, being able to provide this information and, and talking specifically about medical conditions, you know, those trigger words that we can't use and on our side of the, the business, how do you, how do you do that? Yeah, we, this is, this is hard ongoing work. This right. is so, sometimes it's funny. I had a, I had a conversation with somebody in our uh, who's a, a, a data analyst for us here at Leafly last week, and it was a good nature conversation. But he said, she said he asked me about a certain um, page that had a lot of data and information on it. He says, "Where where's this data? Where's this data coming from?" And I said, "It's coming from our brains. Like not not like we're not making it up. Right. Like, we have to go out and and report this. Like we're calling up." Uh, officials at regulatory offices and in, in, in different states and saying, you know, what's your latest data on, you know, sales or, or medical marijuana uh, uh, registrations, number of patients, that sort of thing. And, you know, the language you're talking about, this is something that, you know, I've had a conversation with our corporate counsel about over the last few weeks. Like there are little tweaks here and there that we may need to make in our language to comply with different state regulations and federal regulations. And that's, that's not a one-time thing that is ongoing. Right. Um, and, and it really does take both um, attention to detail in terms of new laws coming on, new policies coming out, but it also takes uh, simply getting on the phone and calling up like an official in the Colorado state regulator's office and saying, Hey, listen, we've got questions about this word or this wording. What's, what's your policy? What's your reading here? And not just sort of guessing and, you know, go hoping that nobody notices. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, that's what separates you guys from other people. (laughs) So it makes you the top of the line. Yeah. 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 I mean, Um, but that's, that's fantastic too. I mean, you know, the, the grow side, the medical side, and then let's, let's dive just a little bit into this cannabis strain database. Mm-hmm. So, um, for those of you who don't know or are not normal cannabis consumers, um, there's typically three different variations of strains, sativa, indica hybrid, one of them being more uplifting, one of them being more relaxing, one of them kind of falling somewhere in between there. Um, so how, how did that da- database start? And, you know, with all of these home growers, with all of these small businesses who are, you know, creating their own strains and their own genetics, like what do you have to do to get on said database? This is this is really where the company started um, many, many, many years ago. Uh, prior to my joining Leafly, uh, there were essentially, you know, three guys in a garage and they started just compiling names of cannabis strains and putting them on their site and they called it leafly and uh this over the years grew and grew and grew and grew and continues to grow uh as i said every day um we have a whole team that takes in you know nominations and suggestions for new strains um we get those from growers we get those from retailers um and you know because you know because of the uh hybridization and, and sort of, you know, the cross-pollination, everything that goes into to growing cannabis and finding new strains, uh, it really takes a number of people um, hustling all the time to keep that up, keep that current. And then, um, 
really, because it can be so confusing and there's so many strains, um, we will bring together uh, bigger projects. Like we just refreshed uh, one of our most popular articles is 100 strains are the most one, the most popular 100 strains of all time. Nice. And we, we actually, we started it years ago as 100 strains to try before you die. And somebody <laughs> said, you know, that's a little dark. Uh, so, it might so be we a went, little on the morbid yeah, side. <laughs> we went, we went with, with the best, best 100 strains of all time. And, um, you know, we, we just updated it for the first time in a couple of years. And they change over time. Uh, we also have uh, an annual strain of the year uh, that we announce in December. Um, and, and it sort of, it's a combination of data we receive from, you know, millions of readers uh, typing in, you know, looking for strains at Leafly to find what's the most popular strain using algorithms. And it's also that, that's combined with our on the ground reporting. I mean, we have amazing editors like David Downs who covers California like absolutely nobody else. He's, you know, he's in the stores every week in there finding out what's new, what's hot, what people are interested in, that sort of thing. So we try to, to bring those out. And it's almost like the, um, what's the, the color of the year? You know, the color of the year comes out every year, yeah. uh, the Pantone color of the year. And yeah. so the strain of the year has become something like that in the cannabis world. That's that's awesome. Um, I am excited to find out what this year is. <laughs> I can't wait to sell it once I can finally do that in Kansas. I think, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's. I think runts and wedding cake have been the last couple of strains of the year. Ooh, so it's interesting. Really interesting. Yeah, we actually yeah. just made a product with wedding cake terpenes. That's oh, really? been a big yes. That's been a big focus for us with within the CBD world is you know really trying to capitalize on that entourage effect, which yeah, you know yeah. states more you have from the plant, the better. And so we've yeah. we've been experimenting with terpenes, and it's been really fun. Cool. cool. Yeah, everybody's wow. loving it. Um, all right. Well, let's not forget that today's episode is brought to you by FullScale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Uh, so on that note, I want to kind of switch a little bit over and talk about what you're doing with your podcast. So the yeah. podcast, the roll up with Leafly, um, is you're hosting and you have two other co-hosts. Is that yeah, correct? My, my co-hosts are Alyssa Yeoman and Hannah Staten. We, we, uh, tape toward the end of each week and, uh, we drop every Friday at 420. Um, nice. appropriately. Very. And, yeah, and, and you know, we, we've been doing it. We're on our, about our 207th episode um, at this point. Um, so we've been doing it for a number of years. It started out as a um, as a strictly cannabis news podcast. It was me and two other news editors at Leafly sitting around mm -hmm. talking. I mean, it was basically like three bearded white guys sitting around talking about the news. <laughs> and um, can I tell you, I, I we when we first started out, boy, did we suck. I mean, oh, yeah. Oh, a terrible I mean it you know I mean maybe it was like maybe you had this experience but but when we started this is one of the things I love about Leafly is there's a lot of freedom to create and try new products and to fail and I said I said well why don't we why don't we try a podcast you know how do you do that I don't know you know I went down to to Guitar City and bought you know three microphones <laughs> a, a recorder and we just started talking you know that's and, awesome uh and, and it took us a while to learn how to talk with each other and and what was interesting and what wasn't um and then, you know, for the first year or so, it was very news, newsy focused. Um, and then the, we, the, those two, my two co-hosts, my two editors moved on to other jobs. And I was sort of faced with like a dilemma of, okay, what do we do with this now? Do we go strictly stay with news or what? what? 
And I thought, you know, I want to, I want to bring in some sort of fresh voice or voices. And um, so I went looking for, I started searching for a comedian. I needed mm. somebody, I wanted to find somebody who was comfortable with cannabis and was funny. And I just started like literally diving into like YouTube little clips of folks in the Seattle area who were on stage talking funny. And I happened to find this clip of Alyssa doing a performance at this little venue called the Rendezvous Room um, here in Seattle. And she had a cannabis bit and she was funny. I was like, okay, okay, (laughs) I have to, I have to try to recruit Alyssa. And she came on as a guest first and uh, then I kept inviting her back and back and back. And she's just fantastic. She's a, she's a, you know, been a permanent co-host for, for a number of years now. And then we also invited on um, Hannah Staten, who runs our social media platforms. And, um, you know, now it's a, it's a really nice mix. I'm, I'm like, you know, an old middle-aged and older bearded white guy. Uh, <laughs> you know, Alyssa's a, a, a black woman from Seattle who grew up in Alaska. And, you know, Hannah's this, this woman who has an amazing Midwestern background. Like she's from Indiana and she'll awesome. tell you all about it. Oh I mean, yeah. All about it, right? <laughs> Um, and that has really opened up the show. Like it's opened us up to so many more topics and points of view and life experiences. Uh, it's, it's really been incredible. We've really, especially in this last year, you know, we've talked to a lot about, had a lot of difficult conversations about cannabis and diversity and, um, the difficulty mm-hmm. of getting into the industry if you don't Absolutely. have a lot of money, um, and these sorts of things. Yeah. So it's been, it's been, uh, it's been an incredible learning experience and our audience has come along and grown with us over the years. It's been really satisfying. Oh, I'm sure. And I mean, those are so, those conversations are so important to have, Um, you know, especially in the climate of today's world. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're talking about inclusion and social justice and criminal reform and uh, you know, all of, all of the various ways that cannabis can bring people together. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty in this plant, especially now that we're seeing on a national level, you know, everything's really growing into itself. And, and you're seeing people that are drawn to this plant from all walks of life, everything, mm-hmm. you know, you've yeah. got people who believed in, you know, I, the, the Cheech and Chong mentality mm-hmm. of, oh, the only people that use cannabis are, you know, stoners and they're lazy. And then you've got people who, are using it for their first time. I mean, so you're really bridging quite a gap with this plant. And, and that honestly is one of my favorite things about it. It's, it's a beautiful thing. I love it too. I love the, the way in which I think that, you know, my journey with cannabis started as a, as a, as a writer, as a journalist, just watching other people and talking to other people, but really it, the, the personal journey for me has been amazing and I'm so thankful for it. It, it really, it forced me to confront so many assumptions that mm. were deeply held and I, I wasn't even aware of them. Um, so many stereotypes, uh, it's made me aware of so the, the, the amount of stigma that's out there, not just around the plant, but around the plant, especially for other people who don't look like me. Right, um, right. And, and it's, it's also helped me, um, especially on the podcast, I think, um, you know, we've had moments where we were, we've talked about the how difficult it can be to talk with your doctor about mm. cannabis, even, you know, even if you're a cancer patient and you want to know about medical marijuana, you know, it can be really hard. And that led us down a, an amazing conversation about the 
differences in which the different the different experiences a white man will have talking with a doctor versus a white woman versus a black woman. Right. And, and it was like, oh, wow, that's such a it was such an amazing conversation. And as you say, like having those conversations is important. And I feel like we three by having those conversations and they're, they're difficult sometimes, even between the three of us, we're, uh, yeah. we're halting and stumbling. And um, by having them, we're modeling those conversations for other people. We're saying, look, you, you can do this. And it's, it's not easy sometimes, but, but this is how we start, you know, getting a little better. Yeah. And if there's anything that we've all learned over the last, you know, two, three, four years, it's that having hard conversations is necessary. So learning how to do it and, you know, maybe choosing a topic like cannabis or something that you're a little more comfortable with and starting those conversations is key. You got to start somewhere. Yeah. 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 And I've, I've learned, I, I still, uh, uh, I still talk too much on my own podcast. I'm, try, <laughs> I'm getting better. I'm working at it, but uh, you know, it's, it's uh, there's so many um, rich conversations, as you mentioned that, that come out of, um, just bouncing off a topic that you would never have expected. Um, right. and, and, and so that's, what's been great about the show is that, you know, we started just talking about, um, news articles that appeared on Leafly and in a way it was sort of like rereading the news. Right. And now we sort of like start with a news nugget that's been on Leafly and we really dive into it and go off on it. And we're able to talk about it in a way that really, um, transcends what we're able to write on the page. Because what we're able to run on the page is a little more official, you know, right. it's a little more permanent. Um, you're you're uh, you're just you're a little more careful, right? Mm -hmm. And in conversation, you're allowed to make mistakes. I mean, you're not allowed to just like flat out lie and and tell fables, but, right? <laughs> but you're allowed to 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 stumble and and work with with what you know and and have uh, you know have other people reflect back your ideas to you and and comment or criticize or or help you out. And it, it really has. Um, has been amazing in that sense. Yeah. So, so let me ask you, are you guys recording in person? Are you doing like I, what we're doing right now where we're recording not in person? <laughs> I wish, I wish we started out recording in person and we had a great conference room at the Leafly office. Um, I, I, I had these, all these acoustic tiles and baffles in the room. Nice. It was fantastic. And then the pandemic hit. Right. Yes. Oh my God. And, oh, the pandemic. So, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so now, you know, we've been virtual ever since, you know, since February of 2020. And in fact, Hannah joined us around that time. So we have actually never recorded the podcast, all three of us live in the same room together. Oh and gosh. It's gonna be, we're going to have a great celebration when we can finally do that. But yeah, yeah. Learn, you know, you learn, you learn over the years to how to, how to, how to make it work. Uh, but yeah, that's, in person's a dream. I know. And you know, I, I am so blessed to be able to speak with so many people on this podcast. I do it via video and, you know, recording. Uh, but when you can't be in person, this really is the next best thing. And yeah. if there has been one really awesome thing that's come out of COVID, it's that we can still stay connected face to face, you know, and, and see facial expressions and be able to read people. And that's something that I feel like has been missing for so long in the digital world is yeah. everything was email, text message. But now, even when I'm talking to people, I'm like, I'm going to send you a Zoom link so that I can look at you because yeah. I feel like I get more out of that 
because people speak with their eyes. <laughs> yes. And there's so much to be said about that and how to yeah. read them. <laughs> I feel like we're, we've all been forced to become kind of kabuki actors in a way during the <laughs> yes. pandemic because we're, we're, we're on these screens. It's just us. Our head and our hands is what yep. really we, we have, you know? And it makes me really appreciate, I remember um, my, my sister and her husband were both trained actors uh, and they're in different fields oh, wow. now, but that acting training they received and that experience has, has done them so much good in their lives and careers over the years. I've seen it. I mean, I'm just, um, the way that they can communicate, as you say, with their eyes, with the tilt of the head, you know, with their hands is really, a, it's, it's a powerful skill to have. And, and you know, we're all getting a little better at it, but yeah. Um, no. <laughs> Sometimes my face communicates things I don't want it to. So, right. you know, that's a double-sided <laughs> coin. <laughs> that's that's what that video mute button's for. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, um, so so I want to backtrack a little bit and talk about, you know, the information that you guys are providing at Leafly. So how as such a large platform how do you handle that information that you put out for, you know, everybody? You've got newcomers who've never used the plant, want to do a little research on it. So you've got a little bit for them. You've got people who have been using the plant for 60 years, but maybe want to dig in a little bit more to the technicalities of it or learn more about the strain. So how do you balance the tension there between those two types of people and the information that you're able to put out? Yeah, that's the classic that's the classic dilemma and, and challenge. Um, you know, how do you create a warm, friendly, welcoming space to newcomers without turning off or disrespecting people who are highly experienced and have been right. doing this for many, many years? And, you know, for me, that that question began with um, with my book. And, and I, I learned that very quickly that there is this was back in, say, 2013, 2014, 2015, the sort of early boom years in Colorado and Washington when so many entrepreneurs coming into the space came in and said, we're going to, we're going to make, we're going to turn cannabis clean. We're going to bring the soccer moms in. We're going to create clean stores and it's not going to be like it was in the past, you know, forget about the past. And at the same time, like everybody who was actually growing and producing and had built this infrastructure of the plant cannabis uh, and all these strains uh, they had they had been there and stuck their necks out when people like me had not, you know. Right. And I learned that there was a there was a specific there was a there's an amount of respect that was due to those folks and is due to those folks. And so we are very we're very cognizant of that at Leafly. Um, like I say, you know, we're we have an idea when we're writing an article who we're writing it who we're writing it for. Um, you know, many of our cannabis one-on-one articles are strictly are there for my mom and dad, like they're for folks yeah. who are coming in, know absolutely nothing about cannabis and want to know the basics in, in, in a very clear way. On the other hand, we've got articles from, like I mentioned, you know, David Downs, our California editor, he's got an article, he's got a column called the buzz that comes out every month. And it's all about what is happening in California cannabis uh, and he is, he's like the master of that. And he is, he's going right to the people who are, you know, the leaders in, in, in that culture 
And he's speaking to those folks who are, were the pioneers and are the experienced folks. Um, and so, and we also, you know, we'll, we'll write articles about, about dabbing or different forms that are, that are higher potency, this sort of thing. And, and when we do that, you know, we're aware that people who are, who are enjoying dabbing are, tend to be more experienced with cannabis, with THC, right. with dosing, yeah. that sort of thing. So yeah, we're, we're, we're aware of it. And the language we use is, um, is always upbeat, friendly, respectful, um, a little, sometimes a little cheeky, um, but always, I think uh, we're, we're very aware of language. It's one of the things I love about working as an editor at Leafly is like, is yeah. language conversations are happening all the time. What words we're using, why we're using them, what words we're not using specifically. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's key for anybody's business too, especially in this space. Yeah. And, and finding that niche, you know, our, our customer base is very niche compared to the types of people that you're getting over at Leafly, which is mm -hmm. incredibly broad, but it's such a great resource. And I mean, just personally, I'm, I, I wouldn't know as near as much as I do about cannabis had it not been for Leafly and even really being able to kind of dig down into research and everything, um, you know, nine times out of 10 Leafly is a jumping off point for me. Uh, so, it, yeah, and I think that's, that's true right. for a lot of people. Yeah, it's, it's so much fun to take this plant, this product, this substance, this culture that has been um, uh, proactively obscured for more right. than 80 years because mm -hmm. of prohibition. Um, right. And to all of a sudden, to, to, to bring, it into the, bring it into the light and explain very clearly what these things are, whereas you know, the whole point of cannabis culture was to obscure, was to, to make mysterious and, and uh, you're not really sure what you're getting because right. it's illegal and, right. and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> and yeah. And so it's really um, been a pleasure to be able to just demystify so many things, so many things. It's, it's just a, it's fun every day. Yeah. That, that is such a good word. Demystify. Mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, that's, that's one of, uh, here, here's a kind of a weird way to look at it, but one of our sales strategies for our company is education. I feel like the minute somebody actually learns about the plant, about terpenes, about the different cannabinoids, then it's kind of a no brainer. Um, yeah. you know, cannabis sells itself. The more you learn, the more you become educated, the easier of a decision it is for you to try it. I mean, it's a plant, it's a healing plant. So, so really kind of demystifying, shining that light deeper into the industry is key. And that it sounds like that's the secret sauce for Leafly. <laughs> it, it is. And, and one of the things we've also learned, I think over the years is that, I mean, it's for me and the, you know, the content department of Leafly is all about, you know, first of all, delivering accurate information to readers, but in doing so, we're building trust. Right. And that's, that's the, in this industry, that is so important. It's critical building trust. And, you know, the, just like the fact that we're talking here on a, on a podcast, your listeners are getting to know you and your, your customers, your company are getting to know you. And so you're building a, a huge measure of trust between yourself, your product and, and your consumers. And, and that's, that's, you, I don't know how to, you know, if you put that in dollars and cents, but it's, it's huge because so many products still in the legal market 
um, are unknown or coming from unknown sources. You know, there's there's no um, uh, uh, there's 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 no Amazon in our business. There's no um, you know there's no Coca Cola, right? right? There's no right. Pepsi where we know this is a trusted company. We know what we're getting. Um, you know, Starbucks. I had a, I brought a Starbucks mocha to this interview. I know what I'm getting. Right. Uh, I know you know what's what's behind that product and. The more you know and, and have trust in that product, the more you know you feel comfortable buying it and enjoying it. And that's that is we're in that stage right now with cannabis, where the establishment of of brands um, through whatever means you can is critical. And you know, you mentioned advertising and how difficult it can be to find outlets right. for advertising. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, you know, that's where one of that's, you know, where Leafly lives as a as an advertising space. And, you know, I tell people sometimes when a state goes legal and um, all of a sudden they see all, all these billboards around town for a dispensary. And they're like, why are all these billboards up trying to sell me weed? I'm like, listen, they're up because that's the only place they can advertise. Like, yep. seriously, there's no other way to let people know you have a store open in your town. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've had several people get into this industry and they call me in a, in a frantic, you know, tizzy and they're like, we can't do anything. My Facebook's been shut down. I'm like, yeah. I've only been telling you guys this for years. Yeah. It's a son of a bitch, but uh-huh. <laughs> it's, exactly. it's starting to kind of get better. So I want to, you know, you're talking about the Starbucks, right? That Starbucks mm-hmm. model where you buy a Starbucks in Washington and that same drink is going to be exactly the same that I'm going to get here in Kansas city. Mm-hmm. So we don't have that structure yet with cannabis because it's still a scheduled drug. Um, you know, it, there is no interstate commerce that's allowed to happen. Uh, you know, there's that whole immaculate conception with seeds in new states. You know, yeah. there's a lot of really, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of really interesting pieces to 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 allowing the sale of a scheduled drug on a federal level. So there's a lot of movement going on in Washington. Mm-hmm. A lot of discussion on, you know, descheduling, the Banking Act, um, all of these really great things. Uh, you, you know, from your perspective and just and what you know about the industry and Leafly, I mean, how do you see that impacting states? So more specifically, you know, Kansas being one of the states that does not have a program. Uh, yeah. how, how do you see that that descheduling and that interstate commerce piece coming together and working either for the good or the bad or the ugly or the better, you know, yeah. what do you kind of see from yeah. that, from that standpoint? Well, the, 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 um, the good news and bad news uh, is for a state, the bad news for a state like Kansas is even if uh, federal, federal legalization happens sort of via one of the leading bills that are in Congress right now, Kansas really would have to still legalize itself, its own laws. Like right. essentially the, the bills in Congress would take the federal government out of the cannabis prohibition game as, right. as they did with with alcohol you know back when when we rescinded alcohol prohibition congress essentially said we're out um states you handle it as you please and so you know that's why, how we get you know 50 states 50 different wacky alcohol laws right um you ever been, you ever been to utah well right. that's, that's a strange one um so uh, that's what that's what that's what would happen. But like you like you said, you know, the um, in a weird way right now, federal prohibition acts as a bit of trade protection for smaller operators, for smaller companies, yeah. because it is fit because cannabis is so state bound. 
Um, we have some companies that are, you know, what we call are called multi-state operators um, who basically move their brand from state to state. But right. you, you cannot move the product from state to state. You can move hardware. You can move everything except the actual cannabis plant or cannabis oil. You cannot transport that. So once federal legalization happens, all of a sudden, you know, all those people who were growing cannabis in places that it's not really that natural or economic to grow, like, say, Arizona, um, a lot of sun, but no water. Right. Uh, they run the risk of essentially being washed out of the market by by growers in, say, southern Oregon, northern California, where they can just grow freaking miles of weed um, in the sunshine every year. And um, I, but at the same time, there's a reason we grow corn in Iowa and Nebraska. Right. You know? And wheat in and Kansas. And wheat in Kansas. <laughs> and we don't grow wheat in New Mexico. Right. And there's a reason for that, you know? Yeah. Um, so we're, we're still, federal prohibition still sort of acts as a foundation for a bit of an unnatural market in that yeah. way. In the, the, the in, in where in where cannabis is is grown and and how it's you know it's constrained from being shipped from state to state. Yeah, it's so funny because I feel like that's also a double edged sword. You know, for for smaller businesses, I think it kind of gives you an opportunity to get in and get established yeah. uh, versus having just large businesses who can afford you know that multi state model to come yeah. in. So, it, it, but it also sucks. It should not be a scheduled drug. Yeah, I know. So it really, it's like, yeah. damn, yeah. <laughs> lose, lose, win, win, you know, yeah. however you want to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and, you know, I, I wrote a piece uh, a while back about um, Amazon and how Amazon has, you know, made an announcement a few months ago that it was going to stop drug testing its employees for cannabis. And it had formally come out in favor of federal legalization. And it was as actually, actively lobbying in Congress in, in favor of legalization. And, you know, that obviously begs the question, is Amazon going to get in and sell cannabis as soon as it's legal? It's like, well, yeah, they're damn sure going to try. Absolutely. Uh, they are, you know. But <laughs> Papa Bezos not, is going to get yeah, some money on the cannabis. Exactly. <laughs> so, but it, it may not be as easy or simple as they might think. As I think anybody who jumped in to legal cannabis thinking, oh, my God, it's a gold rush. I'm just I'm going to make scads of money. I'm like, guess what? Yeah, it's not easy. No, uh, it's not easy in any way. <laughs> Sorry. And, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, Amazon tried. Have, they they tried a model a while back of of delivering um, delivering alcohol. Al yeah, you know, mm. when they bought Whole Foods, uh, Whole Foods came with a number of liquor licenses. You know, the ability to sell alcohol, and so they they've tried sort of an alcohol delivery model, and it hasn't really taken off for them. Not to say that that cannabis delivery wouldn't do well. It does well, you know, already in small markets. Right. Um, but it's it's not an easy, oh, yeah, we'll just come in and take everything over kind of situation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just like you said, it's, it's hard. People don't realize quite how hard it is until they try, even for the Amazons of the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Bruce, thank you so much for being with us today. Um, I want to take just a minute to remind you that today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Fullscale, helping you build a software team quickly and affordable. You can find us on Instagram at the Startup Hustle Podcast or check out our YouTube channel. And in case you didn't know, we have our own TV show. You can head on over to YouTube, search up Startup Hustle, and you can watch myself and fellow founder cast members share the real story of what it takes to start 
build and grow a business. Bruce, thank you so much again for coming on, talking to me about Leafly, talking to me a little bit about the cannabis industry. Um, I look forward to continuing this conversation with you, hopefully one day in the future. And I'm, I'm, I'm just really glad that you came. So thank, thank you. Thank you, Heather. It's been a real pleasure. I love, I love talking with you. Awesome. Thanks. All right, you guys, check me next Friday for more Cannabis to the Hustle. Have a good one. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. Like we do it.